Well, good Monday to you all, and welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We are counting five days away from AEW Full Geared, and Ashley, do we know who the devil is underneath that mask? Do you have an idea? Not particularly yet. There's a couple of names that seem pretty viable. I think we may be leaning toward Adam Cole myself, but uh, I've seen a couple of names out there that I think could be could be good names. Yes, a lot of people are believing that it's going to be one Adam Cole. I have also seen a lot of people try to build the stock of that. That is CM Punk and everything we've known for the last like five to six months has all been a work. I think I'm ready to put some money down and say that it's not going to be CM Punk this coming up Saturday night. No, I feel like that's, that's some wishful thinking that's going on. Um, On top of, I don't think he's coming back. I just, it wouldn't even... I mean, it could make sense in one way, but it wouldn't make sense in a lot of other ways. So, I don't know. It would just be a tough call. Now, I'm sticking to my guns because I'm going to say that it's going to be one Sammy Callahan and he may be making his debut this Saturday night at Full Gear. That's right. We could be seeing some debuts coming up in the next pay-per-view or two. So, we'll just have to keep our eyes open. Later in the show, we're going to run down the complete Full Gear card as we know it at this moment. But Ashley, why don't we go over to the control center to catch everybody up in the news that we missed in the last two weeks. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, Ashley. First story I want to talk about, I'm going to combine two stories into one. Apparently, Billy Corrigan had a deal with the CW and he may still have one with the CW at the moment maybe. Two weeks ago he was making some noise saying hey I have two two deals coming up with a top 20 cable or TV network. Then he had a pay-per-view and Father James Mitchell, Father James Mitchell did a spot where allegedly he was doing cocaine on a pay-per-view and then the announcers pointed this out and a a few people messaged the CW higher-ups about this. And the next thing we know, NST is moving to the CW Network for a five-year contract. So where does it leave Billy Corden in the NWA? It unfortunately leaves the NWA, I think, in a pretty bad spot. Um, that's a, a really boneheaded decision that takes an opportunity away from a lot of wrestlers. Um I no justification for it either. I mean, you could have just had him smoking a cigar or something, and it would have just been the same kind of deal, you know. You know the craziest thing as we're like going back through the news stories about this um, event and the series of events leading up to basically the NWA Billy Corgan shooting himself in the foot on this TV deal was this was Billy Corgan's idea for the pay per view. Like he was under the belief that the CW officials weren't going to watch the pay per view. They only cared about AWA power on their network. So he could do this. And this was his idea to have Father Jane Missile do the spot. I was just going, why in the freaking world would you do this without knowing that you had the deal complete, the ink was dried, and you knew for sure they weren't going to be watching? A really bad chance now that in, in, like, I can't imagine what the, like, morale of that locker room is, like, knowing that they had this opportunity and now it's gone. Well, this has been universally panned by like people like Jim Cornette, Jim Ross. A lot of people are chiming in on the 
quote-unquote cocaine spot from the NWA pay-per-view. And allow me to quote JR here from his JR podcast, quote, it's ridiculous. How do you justify any facet of it? Any facet of it? It's just stupid. It makes no sense to me. It's taking it too far. Basically, he said there's no value in this spot whatsoever to get Gene Mitchell over. You're not creating a shot to lead to controversy to draw eyeballs to your screen. And reportedly, that pay-per-view only had about 200 plus buys. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said I mean, you could have just simply had him smoking a cigar. You would have gotten the same kind of effect. He's this, you know, high roller type deal. I don't know why you would chance that knowing, like you said, you didn't have this deal completed yet. I mean, even thinking that you you could get away with it on your own, you know, with your own like platform, you know, promotion or whatever. You have to know that they're looking at the product that's going to be that they're putting on their television. Exactly. Okay, so if you were following uh, Nick Aldis' Instagram the day after this all broke, he put up the new NXT CW logo, and underneath that was Into the Fire, the original theme for the first season of NWA Power. So there's Nick Aldis just chiming in with a little poke at his former boss. I mean, maybe his boss deserves a little poke. I, I Like I said, I mean... That's not just yourself you made look bad. You know, you, you made a lot of people look bad. You made a lot of a lot of like the decision making look bad. I don't I don't know what the decision for NWA is going forward. I don't I don't know if he can stay after a move like that. That's a huge blunder. OK, so the only saving grace for him staying in power is the fact that he owns the in. Yeah. And you got to think about it. I got a picture in my mind, Dizzy Carter somewhere, writing a thank you card and saying a basset to Billy Corgo, like, thank you for taking me away from being the dumbest promoter ever. Because if you remember, one time, Impact TNA was on Spike TV, and it only had one request. Do not have one certain Russo working for you. And Dizzy Carter decided, oh, hey, it's Russo, you can work from home. Then somebody CC'd him to Spike, uh, email to one of the uh, higher ups at Spike. They found out and he pulled the contract. And Billy Corner knew this. I'm like, going, you already seen this happen one time. Why in the world do the spot? I just, I feel bad for that entire roster. I don't know how they have any faith in him like that. Like, <laughs> to, that was such a boneheaded decision. I, we've seen a lot of edgy stuff in wrestling over the years. And I think in, even in, even in some of the, the edgier eras of the wrestling, I think you would have struggled to get that on television or on anything, you know? You know, I don't think Game Chasing Wrestling, I don't think CCW would do this. Just very weird. I don't... And just very costly. True. We're going to keep our eyes on it and see how this plays out in the weeks to come because there's rumors backstage at NWA that a lot of talent are unhappy and some of them may be moving on from the nwa and like we were just saying i mean how do how do you not uh, at least look at other options after that no i don't blame anybody if you're will if that is your fearless leader's decision i would be like nick Ollis. i'd be like looking for a door and jumping ship yeah well let's spin on to story number two and i'm going back to jim ross as he also on his podcast announced that he's taking a a little bit of a break from AEW commentating 
as his doctor told him it would be advisable for him to take the few weeks off to let his leg heal up. And hopefully in 2024, we'll see Jim Ross back on our TV sets. We just want to wish Jim Ross a speedy recovery. Yeah, I hope he's good. I know we've um we've seen him have like issues with the leg um with the skin cancer and stuff on his leg. So I hope he's, you know, good. Um and it doesn't make sense, you know, to fly him out and all around if he's only coming into the commentate usually like the main event here and there. So let him stay home and rest for a couple of weeks and let him come back rested when he's feeling better. True. And let's go ahead and we'll go on to our third news story of the week as Chris Jericho made his debut for DDT Pro Wrestling where he faced Katesha and he beat Katesha. So here's Chris Jericho going to another independent promotion, showing some light on the promotion, having a match with one of the best young talents going today in Katesha. So this feud with the Dunkhouse family is branching out all over the world now. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool to have uh, Jericho go to DDT. Um, I've kind of seen a lot of pushback on having him win the match. Um, I don't hate it, but I personally, like, I don't know if that was necessarily an AEW Jericho decision. You know, some somebody like a DDT might have Jericho come in and want to put, have him, you know, win as the uh, the kind of like a rare appearance coming in. Um, personally, I think I would have had him lose and kind of, kind of had the Callis family keep, uh, keep racking up these wins, but still very cool to see Jericho in Japan and, and wrestling in DDT. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like maybe they didn't want Jericho to lose his debut there in that promotion, and that was the promotion's decision. Yeah. And that's not going to be part of the quote-unquote universe that is this Don Callis family versus Chris Jericho. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Then that's kind of what I figured. Even even if they had like some input, I I really feel like DDT would be like, "Wow, Chris Jericho's here. We we gotta have him win that to leave the crowd happy," you know. <laughs> and our final news story of the week: we found out what Tony Khan's next big announcement was this past Saturday night on Collision, as he's announced a tournament starting Thanksgiving Eve in Chicago. It's a Continental Classic, and. Brian Danson is the first person to announce for this 12-person tournament, where the final match will be at World's End, which is four days before Okada versus Danson, number two. I, I don't know what he's... <laughs> like, I don't know what to think. <laughs> I'm so torn. I'm so happy that he's going to be back. But I also want him to be healthy, and I want him to be okay, and I want... I Like, I want nothing to, like, hurt the, this match at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> um... If he's feeling good enough to come back, I'm not going to say no. It's Brian Danielson. <laughs> well, at this moment, I'm debating whether not if, if he's not a cyborg or superhuman because didn't he just break his ornamental bone like a couple weeks ago? Yeah, and he definitely healed far ahead of schedule or came back ahead of schedule. It, they're not, you know, I'm not saying he was healed completely, but he came back ahead of schedule. Um, and it seems he's trying to pull it again. I just hope he's careful. I know he's he's one of the greatest, so he's he's gonna do whatever he needs to to take care of himself. I just I love him. I hope he <laughs> I hope he's good. Me too. And later on in our study six questions, we're gonna debate whether or not this was the best decision for New Japan Pro Wrestling AEW and one American Dragon. Okay, so Ashley, are you ready for the study six questions? Yes. Time to ring the bell. 
as Sean and Ashley debate six stunning questions from the week of wrestling. All the whys. And what the hell was that? And my very first study question, we just talked about it in our new control center. Is this smart for Tony Khan to put the American Dragon into this continental closet tournament right before his biggest partner in wrestling? New Japan Pro Wrestling has their marquee event of the year, WrestleCatum. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know how severe his injury is. I mean, it's an orbital bone injury. It, it's, it's, it seems pretty severe regardless of, of degree. Um, I don't know if the plan is for him to go all the way. Maybe the plan is for him to kind of just make it maybe a few rounds in and then be able to take out and like maybe get taken out in the semifinals. That way he has a couple of weeks before Japan. I mean, I would hope he'd have more than four days to go from wrestling in America to flying all the way to Japan for a match with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. But I mean, he seems to thrive in this. I just hope his, his eye is good. See, as soon as I had this as soon as I heard this announcement, as soon as I heard this announcement, actually, I started processing this in my head, going like, "Okay, so that's December the thirtieth for the final. That's four and a half days at the most before Wrestle Kingdom. So if he got on the plane like six a.m. the next morning after the pay per view was over and flew to Japan, could he have at least three days to recover before he has to face?" Okada in probably a sixty-minute match. I don't know. That's <laughs> like, why I said I hope. I hope like maybe the plan is for him to like maybe kind of have to have an early exit out of there at least to give him some time to prep for for the match with Okada. If you, if we go all the way to the finals with Danielson, he's gonna have quite a busy end of the year this year. You know, he could probably have match of the year for twenty twenty three to turn around and have match of the year for twenty twenty four. Inside the same freaking week. He could. He could. He's nuts. He's so good. <laughs> we'll keep up on this because we don't know the full bracket yet for this tournament. And that may lead us to see a, a possibly early out for Brian Nelson. But I think announcing him during his final year of full-time wrestling, the dude has to make at least a semifinal, but I bet he's going to be in the final. I could see him going to the finals too. And I'm hoping this bracket is a bracket like that. I think AEW fans are kind of expecting, or like a top tier bracket. Usually, we kind of get these brackets of, um, you know, it's kind of predictable. So I'm hoping for a little bit of. Uh, it's okay for stars to take losses. I'm hoping for some some you know big names to be in this. I'm kind of hoping that we get a good tournament, something that may down the road may rival the G1. I feel like Tony Khan might want to make this. His version of the G1. Yeah, I agree. Okay, study question number two. We talked about this in our opening and a little bit in our control center. Ashley, do you believe the NWA can go forward with the owner being one Billy Corrigan? I genuinely think it's going to depend on how the roster receives him after them. Um, as, as we've said, some people already seem very upset, and understandably so. I don't blame them. It's a very is a very boneheaded decision to, to to make for that. And he's going to have to deal with the fact that no matter what he says or does, that some people are not going to want to be associated with that regardless, you know, being a part of that or being seen around that. Uh, it's a tough move to pull when you're, when you're struggling 
reviews and buys and things like that. So I don't know. I think maybe he needs to either bring somebody else in to help him or or seriously think about uh, selling it off if he can. See, that's a thing I think about, Ashley. I don't think there's anybody that would buy this that's, now. Yeah, I mean, it would be so tough. Like, especially to like go out on that, it would be awful. Um, I don't know. I feel like there would be people determined to move beyond it and and prove themselves, and I don't blame those people either. And I hope they do. I just hope Billy Corrigan can overcome it and earn their trust back if if they continue. True. I would almost suggest that they go dark for a couple months, let this all die down. And you relaunch NWA again for NWA 2.0. And he, I know Billy Corner won't, won't sell it off, but I would lay low for a couple of months, let this, this fly over, let people forget about it, and come back stronger in 2024. Maybe that's the move then. I, I, like I say, you got to do something to earn their trust back, and, and hopefully they can do it. Um, You know, the more promotions, the more work they're going to get. So. Hopefully they can figure something out. One thing we didn't mention during the control center was the fact that the CW was reaching out to Tony Khan about possibly having rail order on the CW. And Tony Khan didn't want to go down that road just yet because he wanted to bottle rail order with AEW. So CW was out there actually looking for professional wrestling to put on their channel. Well, that's a good thing just in general for wrestling. That means that at least some networks that I think even before we were, you know, seeing like um like WWE was looking for like some new networks and stuff to go to. I don't think anybody kind of saw the CW picking up wrestling. I mean, they've done it in the past, but they've had kind of like a lot of like teen drama kind of stuff, you know, been more their route lately. So it's very cool to see them kind of get back into wrestling and hopefully maybe this little kind of open the avenue for some other channels we don't really necessarily think of coming to mind. But this is this is not your older brother's version of the CW, Ashley. They were bought out by Netstar, which is a company that owns a lot of local TV channels spreading across North America, mainly in the United States. And they been, have been genesis a lot of the former CW drama shows to cut costs since they bought the shell of what is CW. And what's one thing that is always kind of cheap to get and put on TV is Professor Wrestling. We've seen it since the early days of Professor Wrestling. It's one of those products where you can spend just a little bit of money and get a lot of return on your investment. Yeah, a lot of avenues for revenue with wrestling for sure. So it makes sense for, for channels to pick it up. And I, I hope that this opens kind of maybe some other channel's eyes to the uh, the income that you could make with wrestling. Yeah, and the thing about this going back to the NWA was that allegedly the deal was a eight-figure deal for the NWA. So we're talking like over a million dollars for the NWA to come onto the CW. Could you imagine what they could do with that kind of cash and how they could upgrade their production? It would have been outstanding for them. That's why, like I said, like, it's such a blunder. It's such a it's such a boneheaded mistake to let that offer go. And now, and now NXT is going to capitalize on that. I, you know, they they're going to do whatever I guess it you know to get the show in in whatever the C. I don't know if the CWs is going to give them any guidelines or anything for being on their channel, but you know they're going to get to do it on there, and they're going to get that you know eight figure deal for them. Oh, here's the thing. So with the with the EST deal, 
what we know from the USA Network was they were getting $15 million a year for NSC by itself. The CW basically paid that plus an additional 70% for five years. Good. So they're getting some money for NST. So yeah, it was like, wow. So let's move on to our third stunning question here. As we were talking two weeks ago about Julia having a heck of a match for New Japan Strong, then rumors started coming out that she was in talks with the WWE, and it seems like it's almost to the point that she is coming to WWE. They just need to figure out if she's going to come to the main roster or go to the NXT routes. So, Ashley, my question to you. Will Julia do well in NXT or WWE? Well, I think she'll do well in ring anywhere. <laughs> um, no doubts about it there. Um, the creative side is always just going to depend on what WWE has um, you know, they're, they're strict with what they, they want to present on TV and what they want their characters to be on TV. So as long as they can give her something common sense, you know, like let her be yourself, let her, you know, go out there. I mean, you've got this like sort of stable, with mostly Japanese women in there. You, you kind of see how to present them. Just let her do that kind of stuff. And I think she'd be, I think she could work that route if she went. Oh, can you imagine Julia joining SmackDown? You got Eo Sky, Asuka, Curry Singh. I mean, like, there's so many possibilities. You could grow this faction that is now this mega size damage control. Yeah. And I mean, if you had her come in and go that route, you could have her either join it or be like the opposition to it, whether she's like the face, you know, going against like the heel faction or the heel, you know, the baby face faction. And she's the heel who maybe starts her own faction to take them on. Like, either way. I kind of like that WWE's kind of got factions that they're keeping together. Well, the only thing that can hold us up is the fact that reportedly Julia's contract with Stardom runs through March 2024. But we know sometimes those contracts can get bought out. So we'll keep our eyes on this. Yeah, I've heard there was some like confusion. Like there was a report of her like supposedly so like having to report already to like the performance center and then Somebody said no because, like you said, her she was still under stardom contract. So I mean, there's just some premature like details getting thrown out there. True, and I mean, like when it comes to somebody wanting to go to the WWE and the WWE wanting them to come in, I got a feeling that the WWE could make Stardom a deal they can't say no to. Yeah, and I mean, hey, if they offer the money, hey, get paid. <laughs> I mean, I said two weeks ago, I, if I was Julia, I'd be like looking around going like, who's going to give me the biggest bait truck and I'm going to go there. Okay, we are at eight minutes. Oh, we can do another question. We're cool. So, do, 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 do. so I did the Billy Corgan question. I did the Julia question. Okay, study question number four. Daniel Garcia had two hell of a match. Two hell of a match. Oh, I can't talk now. Two matches this week. Three, three, one, Daniel Garcia. He had a match for the world title in AEW against one MJF. And on collision, he had a match against Andrade El Igolo. And he took the pin in both Ashley. Was this a smart idea for one of your young heels coming up in AEW to take two losses this week? I think it's okay. Only because I think the route they're going is maybe him taking a couple of big losses here until he sheds this, this remnants of 2.0. Um, and kind of becomes a full-on baby face. Uh, he's been getting like way too over with the crowd to not have him turn eventually. So I can see it maybe happening at one of the next two pay-per-views coming up soon. Um, 
but I see like a major like we're we're losing like I don't even know if two point is going to stay together after this, and that uh, like <laughs> a little concerned all around. Well, we've seen the start of the evolution of Daniel Garcia back to be quote unquote a professional wrestler, as we see him trying to distance himself from the remnants of the JAS. And I mean, the two matches this week were really, really good. I enjoyed both, and I knew he was going to lose to MJF because we're going into full gear. And even though it probably would be one hell of a match with Daniel Garcia versus Jay White for the AEW World Title, I just knew that wouldn't happen. But I had a feeling maybe he could beat Andrade. And I thought maybe CJ Perry was having a little bit of an eye for one Garcia, maybe? Just maybe a little bit. Um, everybody needs to look out for Miro, though. That's that's the main concern. <laughs> You're right, Ashley. As soon as I saw CJ Perry smile at Garcia, I'm going, Garcia, you just did the wrong thing, buddy. You have a monster of a... Man, looking for you, like, have you, did, did you see what happened to, uh, like, Asha and Granny by chance? Yeah, I, I kind of like that Andrade took CJ up on it, um, and I'm looking forward to the Andrade-Miro match that's going to be coming out of it. Yeah, me too, I feel like that's going to be a hell of a match, and it's going to be interesting to see how CJ Perry is portrayed, yeah, see, I can't talk again. It's kind of interesting to see how C.J. Perry is being used in AEW. And it seems like they're having a feud between her and her husband. And it's kind of interesting. It is a little bit. <laughs> and it almost seems like um, Miro, Miro himself is making it a feud. Like, it doesn't need to be. But he's, like, almost self-punishing himself into this feud. <laughs> well, in a way, it seems like it was like C.J. Perry going, like, you should have brought me a sooner, my friend. Like. I'm your wife. You should be looking out for me. So here I am now. I'm a little bit ticked off. So let me go find somebody to be my champion. And you can just stay over there in your corner and be the redeemer and do whatever you're doing. I I hope they let this build up for the next few weeks. And I hope this is a match they do on World's End. Exactly. I want to see this last for a bit. I don't want this to be one of those AEW microwave kind of views for Oh, by the way, it's done in like two to three weeks. Right, right. Okay we're, okay, we're down to four minutes. We can do another one. Then we'll switch over to the other. So, okay. So, on Friday Night SmackDown, we saw the breakaway of Santos Escobar from the LWO as he attacked Rey Mysterio after the fact that back at Crown Jewel, Escobar kind of left the brass knuckles on the ring just close enough so one. Logan Paul could grab him and use him to get the United States title. And on Friday Night SmackDown, Carlito told Ray, you know, you shouldn't really blame Logan Paul for that loss because Santos left those press knuckles. Why? So my question, Ashley, what do you see for Santos now? Well, we'd hope for a big heel run. Um, possibly. I don't, I don't think he would like join with Logan Paul. I think the, I think him doing that was just to turn on Ray was the point of that. Maybe possibly going after Logan Paul himself, or possibly going after some other single school, but I, I would like to see him go after something like that. Well, I'm looking forward to this match between him and Rey Mysterio coming down through this feud, but in a way, I wish they had let him split with like the rest of the Legado of Phantasma and took Joaquin Waller and his tag team partner with him, because I feel like they're better as a group, and now Santos Escobar is on his own. 
And I, the dude is really good in the ring, okay? In the ring, perfectly fine. It's just, I don't know if he's strong enough to be a solo act. Well, you get what I'm getting at? Yeah. Hopefully, maybe working with Ray can help him work on it, on like the character a bit. So have him work in a feud with Ray for a few weeks. What's the next PLE coming up? Well, the next um, PLE is going well, to, the next PLE is the Royal Rumble. So I can see this feud lasting probably to the Royal Rumble where Ray could face maybe Santu and Logan Paul for the United States title in a triple threat. That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, I could see like that would work, I would think. And it would give him kind of a chance to work with like two guys, kind of bounce off. That way it's not so focused on some stuff. That way you can have some days where, you know, some episodes where it's it, it's more Logan Paul and Santos focused, then it's more Santos Ray focused, and it's more Logan Paul Ray focused. You have an opportunity to kind of spotlight a couple of different people in different uh, aspects of the feud. Exactly. And by the time we get to the Royal Rumble, it would probably make it three and a half months of a Logan Paul United States title run. And do you really need Logan Paul with this title longer than three and a half months? I don't know. I mean, I think it would depend on how long his like he's going to be there. I don't know if he's like um like how long his contract is. If it's if it's like a year long thing, hey, maybe keep it on him for a while. I he's certainly somebody who's gonna bring them like y- younger viewers and stuff like that. So I don't see why they wouldn't push him. True, Ashley. We're jumping over to the other recording. Okay. Okay. Okay, Ashley. Sixth and final stunning question. Back on Friday Night Smackdown, we saw the main event be Eel Sky, Kari Singh, and Bailey versus Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka. And it was a great main event up to the end where we see Bianca going for that hot tag to Asuka, and Asuka turns heel, sprays her with the mist, and she joins her friend Kari Singh and becomes the fifth member of Damage Control. Now, my question to you, Ashley, if you saw the ending of SmackDown, Damage Control does this hug, and in the center of this hug is one belly. Is belly going to be the one to get kicked out of Damage Control? Oh. I feel like that might be the move. Uh, um, I've kind of already seen some theories about um, kind of like how she walked out and in uh, the looks that, that were kind of like going back and forth. Those are always, you know, like little little tells and stuff like that. I could definitely see it happening. Um, I'm not mad about it. I I think it would be like kind of cool to kind of see her go out and maybe have her feud with the group and kind of give it a new dynamic and maybe some new leadership. You know, part of me, when they were beating down Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair, I was thinking like, you know, they're going to let Bailey join in here for a second and they're going to turn on her there. So I guess part of me is happy they didn't do it because I would create do it a little too fast but i do see this being the way to kick billy out of this group and we get a billy face run coming up in 2024 i could see that i think i think people may i know i know damage control is very loved but i think people may miss kind of like uh cheering bailey (laughs) well you know it feels like she's been a heel for a good long time yeah I mean, Damage Control's been around for, they formed what? Last? Well, I know, like, like, um, Dakota Kai got injured, and they, and I know Belly was injured too at one point. So they've been around for a good bit and lost some time due to injury. Well, like I mentioned earlier, I'm, just, I'm glad that they're doing this. Um, 
I feel like WWE kind of had a thing with like having factions and not kind of keeping them around. I like that they're they're at least attempting to like keep it. And I like I kind of like the idea of maybe Bailey moving on, kind of switching up the members, and then possibly having like Bailey, the former member, like feud with them. Well, what I'm happy about Ashley is we have a heel women faction. We have a faction with five dominant female characters who are well established. So I'm looking forward to the. Ball. Well, I'm looking forward to the winner as we see how damage control goes forward. As I got a feeling that we're going to get a women's war game match at Survivor Series. That would be awesome. So, book it. <laughs> well, let me read this rumor to you. The rumored face team is going to be Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and the rumor is Becky Lynch is going to get in on this action. I can see that. That's going to be one hell of a war games. Yeah. The only thing I wish is the Kai could be cleared to wrestle, and we had the Kai in this match as well. How much longer is she looking at? You know, has there been any updates? There hasn't been really that, that any updates, but as you've seen the last few months, all she's been able to do is basically distract me outside and not get any physical altercation going on. So it feels like she's nowhere near being ready to come back. Well, hope she keeps rehabbing and hope to see her back soon. Me too, but. That will end our standing six questions for this week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We're going over to Mina Ashley's favorite segment of the week as we give you our top five matches of the week. The five matches that we believe that you should go back and watch. It's Sean and Ashley's top five matches of the week. As they count down their five favorite matches from the past week, did your favorite match make the cut? And Ashley, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I never know how I'm supposed to pick five anymore. <laughs> well, two weeks ago, you know, the person over here hosting the show broke the rules and had six matches in his top five. So you can have more, Ashley. All right. I got I got three I'm going to quickly mention. They're not in my top five. I'm not going to put them in my five. But Roddy Strong and Darius Martin. Roddy Strong, I love this character and all this character work. And most of my love for that match was Roddy Strong's character work. <laughs> Just funny. Um, Gravity and Drillistico on Ring of Honor. And then um, Kyle Fletcher and Lee Johnson on Ring of Honor. Well, you know, Ashley, I feel like I should go get a card and fill it out and apologize to one Roddy Strong. Because I remember back a couple months ago, I was like pulling my hair out, not liking this character one bit. I turned a corner. I'm here for all neck health day and no neck November. Yeah, no neck November. Uh, sign me up. I was like, you came around just in time for neck neck health November. <laughs> because that match was here with Darian Martin. That was one hell of a match. And Darian Martin taking Rod, Roddy Strong's finisher. Oh my God. I love it. And I love, I love like Roddy. I feel like it's been too long since we've seen Roddy Strong in the ring. So it was nice to see him get back in there and, I loved like the uh, the acting all the heart getting in there, just just tearing it down, and then just getting back in the wheelchair. Like, <laughs> okay. So, what is your number five match of the week? Okay, number five. I put it down at the bottom, mostly for the predictability, but DG and MJF just thought it was really good. Um, and I thought this week was just a great showcase for Daniel Garcia, who's well earned uh, his push. Well, you know, Ashley, if AEW needs another pillar. Daniel Garcia is just the person to be like the, what, sixth pillar of this company? I think so. 
I I definitely think so. He he's just so naturally talented. And you know, we disagreed because that's my number five match of the week. It's the AEW World Title Match between one Maxwell, Jake Freeman, and Daniel Garcia. If you didn't see this, go back to last week's episode of AEW Dynamite and check this main this opening match. This was the opening match to that episode of Dynamite. I love when AEW does the big openers. I feel like that's kind of like that's classic AEW. They used to kind of start off with those like hot opener matches. So it was nice to see that. I like the uh the opener match being just as important as the main event. Okay, Ashley, what is your number four match of the week? Number four. All right, I'm gonna put my guy, I, I just watched Ring of Honor like maybe an hour before we recorded this. So my guy finally got his title match. Eddie Kingston versus Angelico for the ROH title. Um, it's so good to see Angelico be in a, like, a main event for a title. Um, just, I'm going to continue to sing his praises. I just think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers AEW and Ring of Honor have. Well, you know, I feel like he's one of the hidden gems on that Ring of Honor roster at the moment. If you're not a member of Honor Club, I would suggest you skip that Starbucks coffee tomorrow morning and sign up for Honor Club for a month and just check out some wrestling that you've been missing out on. For sure. And make sure you sign up even if you don't because you get that pay-per-view next month if you have your, your uh, membership active. Exactly. You get depth. But you get final battle for the price of Honor Club for the month of December. What more do you need? Okay, so my number four match of the week. I'm going to Impact Wrestling. I'm going to their main event for this past 30 episode. It's Alice Shelley versus Jonathan Grissom for the Impact World title. And in the storyline to this match, Grissom is basically cheating every possible way to get the title away from Alex Shelley. And Alex Shelley out-wrestles one of the best technical professional wrestlers on the planet in Jonathan Grissom. Nice. Alex Shelley is fantastic. Um, I can't wait to check it out. You know, it's crazy to think that Alex Shelley's been in professional wrestling for 20 plus years now. I've only ever gotten to see him live once. See, now I'm jealous because you can see him live and I would pay good money to see that now. <laughs> so, my friend, what is your number three match of the week? Okay, number three. Um, Which one do I put at three? I think I'm going to go... Collision, Roosh and Jalisico taking on the workhorsemen, uh, JD Drake and Anthony Henry. Um, I'm just so happy Roosh is back. Um, more Roosh. Um, and I'm happy it wasn't a squash match. Um, I feel like the workhorsemen kind of, they, you know, they're there to take the L, but it was kind of a showcase for them. They got to, to get in some offense and they didn't necessarily, uh, you know, you know, lose in a, in a, in a squash back. You see them get a, get in some good offense and, get the chance to show off for the crowd. Yeah, it was a solid match. It was a solid opener for a TV wrestling show. And like you said, as soon as I saw them in the ring, I'm going, oh no, it's the Horsemen. They are a good team. But here comes the team that everybody wants to be pushed. And like you, I thought it was going to be a squash match. I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. But yeah, go check that match out from Saturday's episode of Collision. So my number three match of the week, I'm going back to Dynamite. I'm going to the main event. It's Bristow versus White for an opportunity at Wade was described as it was a AEW elimination match. So if White would have lost this match to, to Bristow, he would face MJF for the title at full gear. 
and they had me for a moment. I thought maybe they would switch this, but at the end of the day, it's always Bullet Club on top, and our boy Jay White is going to the main event of Full Gear. Yes, and oh my god. All right, that's my number six this week. <laughs> I almost forgot about that one. Yeah, I'm so happy Mark Briscoe is back, and I'm happy that he went from kind of being told, no, you're not going to be on there to being in the main event. Um, just happy he's back. I'm happy he's going to get a push, and I'd love to see him possibly take this, uh, maybe go take that vacant Ring of Honor television title. Well, you know, a lot of people have a issue with Samoa Joe dropping the title after beating Keith Lee by referee stoppage and Samoa go going like, I'm the most dominant real honor TV champion, but I'm still hungry for more titles. I'm going to put this one down. You know the title that I want. Yeah, I I understand. Um, I don't understand not having just keep, have Keith Lee win. If you're going to do that, even if you... I, I, it's kind of like um, an anticlimactic ending, I guess, to to Smojo's like triumphant reign. I don't, I don't know who you have go after it next. So I, I think it should be Mark Briscoe then, because I don't have any ideas. Well, you know, I heard a, I can't remember where I heard this one, but it was a good idea. Why not just have Juice Robson run down there real fast, grab the Real Honor TV title, and proclaim himself the Real Honor TV champion. I would accept him as the Ring of Honor television champion. <laughs> it would be great. It'd be like, hey, he's just doing what Jay White does. He has Jay White has his title, so now illegally, Juice Robinson has a title just like Jay White. Yeah. Oh my God. See, we'll somehow have to get the ass boys the Ring of Honor titles until until uh, final battle. <laughs> See, that is our mission in 2024. We want our boys in Bullet Club Gold to all have gold around their waist. Yeah, they impeccable character work over the past few months. <laughs> well deserved. Okay, so what is your number two match of the week? I don't remember which one I put at two and which one I put at one. I think I'm going to put it at two. I think I'll put the tag match at one. All right, so, all right, number two, I'll do Andrade versus DG. Again, DG just showing out this week, and I'm happy to see Andrade have some ring time. I like that we got some storyline stuff in it. So it looks like we got maybe Miro versus DG coming up, maybe Miro versus Andrade coming up. We got I'd love to see both of those matches. And I like uh I like where we're going with this. You know, I had a lot of fun watching this match. And yeah, I felt bad for Garcia having two L's this week, but man, he had like 30 minutes of professional wrestling on two shows this week. I guess two of the top professional wrestlers in the company. And now there's a way you can wrap this around to him have a match with Miro. Everything's looking up for this guy. Yeah, like I said, I think they're poisoning him for a big uh, a big turn once he kind of sheds the rest of, you know, the influence of 2.0 and, and kind of has his own footing. I think he's kind of uh, kind of come a little bit more of a complete package over the past, past year or so working with them, though, so... It'll be good to see him what he can do now on his own without the uh, the backing of, of everybody of uh, of 2.0 of the JAS of everybody else and around him. Exactly. So my number two match comes from Money Night Raw. It's the main event. It's Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn for the World Heavyweight Championship. And I knew going in that Sami probably wouldn't win the title, but coming out of it, we get the men's war game match as it's Judgment Day versus Sami. Jay Uso, Cody Rhodes, and Seth freaking Rollins. So hell yeah. 
Yeah, that's going to be a big one. And it's War Games. Yeah, and uh, Sami Zayn is great, so put him in every match. <laughs> it was a great TV main event, and then you get all the chaos that you know is coming because it's Judgment Day having a overarching storyline with all these guys. So, yeah, and the fact that Damian Priest still has a contract, what does he do inside of War Games? Does he cash it in during War Games? I don't know. Maybe, uh... Maybe a right after war games. Maybe we got a, a little bit of a, you know, a tired champion. Maybe that's a good time to cash in. Exactly. The cage goes up. Damian Priest goes like, here's my, here's my contract. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Might be a reason to, 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 to bow out early. <laughs> you know, Finn, you got this, buddy. Finn, you got it. I was going <laughs> to hang out here in the corner. <laughs> okay. So what is your number one match of the week? All right. Hey. FTR versus Viking El uh, Vikingo and Commander, um, clash of styles. But man, it's FTR and Vikingo and Commander. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like worlds collide. It's two different styles. It's like peanut butter and I wouldn't say jelly, but it really shouldn't be jelly. It should be like peanut butter and like piece of sauce because it's two Osmond <laughs> things that you would not put together to save your lives. But somehow this was a highly entertaining match. Yeah, uh, FTR is just, they're FTR, man. They're one of the best tag teams in all of professional wrestling. And I like I like this kind of pairing of like Kingo and Commander. I don't know. Um, we've seen um, kind of some pictures going around with uh, Vic Kingo in, in a lot of the AEW roster. Kind of hoping to see a lot more of him. So. Well, my number one match of the week, I'm going to go and select. Garcia versus Andrade as my number one match in the week because I just feel like I just feel like Garcia had the best week of any professional wrestler that I watched in the last seven days. I agree, and I I, I see him on uh, on social media kind of um kind of like saying like hey, this doesn't happen without the fans like he's earned the support he he's done nothing but go out there and have great matches and his character work has come a million miles since he started in the AEW. And I'm happy to see him get the recognition. Exactly. And I feel like 2024 is going to be a year of Garcia. I do want to say one other thing. One other like quick little shout out that I wanted to give was somebody else who I thought had a pretty good week was Red Velvet. You know, that was the first time we saw her wrestle in about six months. I noticed she was out with an injury, but her versus Julia Hart was so freaking awesome. And just the fact that you have a... Babyface and Red Velvet that can match the kind of like athletic, like the flexibility and athleticism. I mean, okay, so Red Velvet, Julie Hart, they are kind of well paired against each other. It was a good match. I enjoyed it. And you know what? I don't mention to Julia Hart because she had a heck of a match with Willow Nightingale and got the victory. So she's heading to full gear for another shot at the TBS title. Yeah, and she had like a great promo before that. I just. It's nice to see Red Velvet come back from that injury and kind of look as good as she did. Um, I think she had like a stretch of really good matches before she got injured. And it's nice to see her just continue on that. And it was nice to see her to get a big win, I feel, over Ruby Soho on Rampage. And Julia Hart versus Chris Statlander is going to be great. I can't wait to see them go again. Well, you know what, Ashley? We're going to end our top five matches of the week. We're just going over to... Our final segment of the week, we're going to break down AEW Full Gear. And there's still one match that may 
play a factor into AEW Full Gear, and we'll get to it here just in a second. What's on tap? Ashley and Sean give you their choices for what you can't miss this coming week in pro wrestling action. So let's start here with that TBS title match. And the time of recording is going to be Julia Hart versus Chris Stackletter. But there's a match on Dynamite this Wednesday night that plays a factor into this. Because it's going to be a triple threat match for the TBS title. And the other two ladies that we can pick from is Red Velvet and Sky Blue. I got a feeling it's going to be Sky Blue. And we're going to have Sky Blue, Julia Hart, and Will Nightingale in a triple. I mean, take it back. It's going to be Chris Sattler, Sky Blue, and Julia Hart for the TBS title. Ashley, who are you going to take as the winner of this match? I don't know. I, I feel like they might keep it on stat for now, but I like that we have some credible people that we could see possibly dethroning stat or surprise upsetting stat. Well, you know what? I'm going to stay to my guns here. I'm going to say the house always wins and the house needs to win now. Let's get Julia Hart with the title, please, and thank you. I definitely wouldn't be mad because she has been just absolutely killing it with this this House of Black version. Well, let's go over to the other women's match on this card as we have Timeless Tony Storm versus Sheeta for the AEW Women's World title. Who do you have, Ashley? I'm torn on this one. <laughs> we just I just like stress the importance of a great Sheeta run during our last pay-per-view, but my heart wants Tony Storm to win the belt so bad. But I also could see her like losing giving Sheeta uh, the run she deserves and it pushing Tony even further into this madness because the addition of like Luther and the the full black and white for every segment it even looks like grainy film now when it goes on I can't get enough of this. <laughs> oh if you haven't seen the contract signing from this last episode of Dynamite go on and watch the contract signing between Sheeta and Thomas Tony Storm as they do it in black and white, and Sheeta just doesn't give a flip. I'm wondering if we see some interference from the newly side Mariah May, who seems to be looking for Tony Storm, though. See, good point, Ashley. And I was going to get there. And my idea was, is this how they introduce May into the AEW universe? As we saw her on Dynamite with RJ City, go like, I'm a big fan of Tony Storm. I went to Japan because of Tony Storm. I'm here now. I want and RJ City promised her a meeting with Tony Storm coming up. Maybe she helps Tony Storm win the title for Sheeta. I could see it happening. It kind of seems like they may be going for like the uh, the uh, crazy fanatical side to to her. So I could see it happening. I mean, my head my head wants Sheeta, but my heart wants Tony. <laughs> Trust me, I'm totally torn about this match because I could, be, I'd be happy either way. Yeah, definitely, and I'm glad we're just getting two women's cards on the match. I mean, uh, matches on the card. I know. I need to check myself. Am I dreaming, Ashley? Are we dreaming? <laughs> See, it wasn't so hard after all. Imagine that you can put two women's matches, and it doesn't expand this card too far where you can't have it on pay per view. And I feel like they've done a, a decent job at building up both of these women's matches to the point where people are genuinely interested in all of these women and the outcome, <laughs> which is not always the case with AEW. You know, Ashley, maybe if we stay quiet, they'll keep doing this. <laughs> all right. <shh. laughs> okay, so let's go to a six-man tag team match. I'm talking about Sting, Darby Allen, 
and Adam Copeland versus Lucasaurus, Nick Wayne, and everybody's favorite follower of the year, Christian freaking Cage. Who you got? I I got I got Sting and Copeland and Darby. Um, uh, but I'm I'm so looking forward to this match, like way more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> it is all thanks to Christian Cage. He's the one driving this match and making it going to be what it could possibly be. I even love like um like we saw like Nick Wayne take on Dolan Castle on Collision and like even like his influence there and like seeing like what a like little weasel Nick Wayne is becoming. I <laughs> so good. You know that match with Dalton Castle and Nick Wayne almost made my top five matches of the week. It's another match you should go back and watch. And oh by the way, Christian Cage was rocking one head of a smoking jacket. I mean, like, if he's going to be this heel-like parental book offer, he's going full force, okay? Yeah, he's he's nailing it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he's elevated from the sleeveless turtleneck to now a smoking jacket. <laughs> okay, so let's go to a match where we don't know is going to be MJF versus the Guns for the ROH Tag Team titles, or does MJF decide to press the button and get Samoa Joe to be his partner. I think he's not going to have a choice at this point. <laughs> Seems like the acclaimed have been taken out. Um, I can't say no to seeing Samoa Joe and MJF team up even if it's just for a night. Plus, if it gives us a rebadge, I'm for that because that first match was great. Well, I got a feeling that MJF is going to lose these ROH tag team titles to the guns and it's just for the simple fact that he can't bring himself to ask Samoa Joe for help, triggering that rematch for the AEW World title with Samoa Joe. He's going to go like, I don't want to give Samoa Joe another title match. I'll face the guns by myself, and he's going to lose. I, mean, I can definitely see it. You're, you know when you take on the guns, you're not just taking on the guns. So. <laughs> no, you're not taking on just the guns. It could be Juice Robinson. It could be Card Blade. It could be Jay White. Yeah. You can look out for Cardblade. We never not when Cardblade will strike. <laughs> okay, fine. Since we're needing a ROH TV champion, Cardblade for ROH TV champion. Listen, I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> I need more Cardblade merch. Okay, so Orange Cassidy versus John Motsley for the international title. Who do you have? I don't know. I don't know. I know. I don't know if we put it back on John Moxley and kind of go with the plan pre-concussion and pre-injury for John Moxley. I feel like it's kind of directionless with with um with Orange Cassidy, except for this like this, like obviously the storyline with John Moxley, but I feel like it was, you know, it, it only went back to him because they didn't know what to do with it when Moxley got hurt and when Phoenix got hurt. So I say put it back on Moxley here and maybe have him he's got that match coming up in Japan. He could take that with him to, to New Japan. Well I'm thinking Moxley doesn't need a title. So let's just keep it on orange so we don't hop potato to a third person inside of like a month and a half. And we just kick this international title down to 2024 and we find somebody for orange to feud with in 2024. That could work too. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the, I would honestly love to see him. I would love to see him feud with somebody like Takeshita once that feud is over with for it. I could see like some Don Callis family, some best friends stuff after, uh, after the Omega stuff and stuff. True. So let's go on to the Golden Jacks, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho versus Nick and Matt Jackson for their number one contendership for the AEW tag team titles. 
But if Chris and Kenny lose, the Golden Jets are no more. Who do you have? I don't know. Uh, I know the Young Bucks are not being very good friends right now, though. <laughs> I feel like we just got off this merry-go-round where they're like not friends with each other. Now they're back around not being friends with each other. And I kind of agree with yeah, Kenny I Omega. Mean, that's what I mean. Like, they got back together to to take on BCC. And then immediately Kenny Omega had Don Callis family and Hangman had Swerve in the embassy. And the Bucks were just like, hey, why is why is nobody tagging with us? Because like, like they're taking on full stables by themselves, young Bucks. Why are you not helping? <laughs> I wonder if Chris Jericho had a logical reason. Like, you know, you could have jumped in anytime you wanted to, but you got to do anything. So, hi, here I am. I'm Chris Jericho. And I hate Don Callis as much as Kenny Omega. So we're joining forces. Right, and it's, it wasn't like you, the Young Bucks didn't know they were involved at the beginning. Like, they kept going after Kenny. Like, Kenny needed somebody to help him. <laughs> like, well, let's talk about the other match. We got Spurs Switzerland versus Heyman and Page. And on Collision, we learned this match is a Texas death match. I can't wait for this. This is this has gotten insane over the past few weeks. And hey, man, a, a crazy promo to announce it. And I think that's exactly what this... I figured it would be either a Texas death match or or like some sort of like no holds barred type of situation And because you need a stipulation when it gets this like like this level of personal. So glad we're getting it. And I can't wait to see what they pull out for this match. Well, I fully expect that Heyman Adam Page buries first Whitman six feet under and he wins this match. And he runs off into the sunset. I feel like you have to have a win after that that segment, the whole the, in his house segment. I do too. I feel like there's no option here. Even though I would love to give the win to Sir Switzerland, after that, the babyface needs to win this match. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's gonna like hurt Swerve at all because he is just. I mean, he's been phenomenal. His match with Ar Fox a few weeks ago absolutely blew me away. Oh yeah, it was a great match. Okay, so let's go down to the four-way tag team title match. As infor- for, unfortunately, Ricky starts and Big Bill found out they're facing the House of Black, FTR, and Roosh and Demisico in a fatal four-way for the titles. Yeah, they did not seem happy about finding that out from Lexi. <laughs> um, a, a lot. I like it. I, I think. I don't know if we keep the titles on them. I think we do. I would like. I don't want to see them lose it just yet. But that's because I just I. Big Bill is phenomenal. And Ricky Starks has been killing it for months on Collision. So I think keep them on them for now. But I want to see one of these teams come out like maybe like a longer term feud kind of thing. I do too. And this match is going to be a toss up because I don't know exactly who I want to pick. And unlike you, I kind of feel like Big Bill and Ricky Stark needs these titles for a bit longer. But probably feels like you could toss these titles onto Roosh and Mexico. Or, you know what? The House of Black needs titles. Let's give them to the House of Black. I'm going House of Black. I wouldn't be mad at it. Maybe uh, maybe we get some House of Black winning some gold uh, here at Full Gear. Maybe give the tag titles to them. Julia takes the TBS title. Then you just have to get some singles gold for Buddy. Maybe have Buddy feud with Orange Cassidy for the for the international title. Exactly. So we're down to the main event. It's Jay White versus MGF for the AEW world title. Does everybody's favorite scumbag get spelt back? Or are we in the Switchblade era? I think it's going to depend on who this devil is. And I think we may find out at the pay-per-view. 
I got a feeling that MJF is going to lose this title to Jay White. And we're going to learn the identity of the devil. And I feel like I'm going to be wrong. It is not Sammy Callahan. It's Adam freaking Cole, baby. I could see. I it, Like I said, I've seen names that make sense. And names that make sense for good reasons. Names that make sense for bad reasons. Names that don't make sense at all. I feel like I'm missing something, though. So I'm not sure. I don't know if the title comes off MJF, though. I think I might have to stick with MJF. I would love Jay White to take it, though, because him as the actual champ, along with, like, the ass boys being champions and being just, like, insufferable heel pricks with the belts would be great. True. And I can see your side of it, where MJF wins the title and the devil comes out, beats him up, then reveals himself to be Adam Cole. Right. I feel like even if it is Adam Cole, it could still go either way. That's what's so weird about it. True. So that has been your AEW Full Gear preview here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Ashley, where can we find you on the Worldwide Information Superhighway to find your great takes on professional wrestling? I'm on Twitter. It's at Groovy underscore Ash underscore. And you can always follow the show at RFP. You can always follow the show at Radio Free PW on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and all other social media platforms. Or you could go to www.radiofreeprowrestling. Take it back. You could go over to radiofreepw.com to catch up on the latest episode of the podcast. And Ashley and everybody, until we see you next week, right here on Radio Free Professor Wrestling, remember, Groovy and Stunning Era, and guns up. Bang. Guns up. Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show? Do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at radiofreeprowrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.